Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Brent Palm, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's happening in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, we check in with the West Central Minnesota turkey producer ahead of Thanksgiving. The Mayo Clinic in Rochester is working on a new diabetes treatment that could be a game changer. Golden Gopher wide receiver Chris Ottman-Bell suffered a season-ending injury. But first, the election is only a few days away, and Eminence Bill Werner is here with the latest on what the polls are saying and what the candidates are pitching to us and tossing at each other as voters try to make sense of it all while the clock ticks down to November 8th. Tasha, the KSTP Survey USA poll that came out this week showed Governor Tim Walz leading Republican challenger Scott Jensen, 51% to 43%. A narrower margin than earlier polls done by that organization, but a wider margin than in some other polls. Carleton College analyst Stephen Shear says these latest numbers suggest Walls is in the strongest position of any Democratic candidate for statewide office. Because he's over 50 percent and the undecided is only 4 percent. So that makes it a very steep climb for Jensen if these numbers are close to accurate. The poll found Jensen leading in western and northeastern Minnesota, but Walls ahead in southern Minnesota and in particular in the metro area where Shear says his margin could be large enough to eclipse Jensen's lead elsewhere in Minnesota. But Shear points to one almost paradoxical result in that poll about Jensen. He's leading by 15% amongst those who say inflation is the most important. He's leading by 31% amongst those who say crime is most important. Yet he is behind. Shear says he suspects Jensen is seen as personally unlikable and negative because of all the advertising against him. And the Survey USA poll showed Republican challenger Jim Schultz with a six-point lead, 49 to 42%, 9% undecided, over Democratic Attorney General Keith Ellison, similar to what a Trafalgar poll showed about two weeks ago. Shear says Ellison is in big trouble because his margin in the metro area is not large enough. For Democrats statewide to be leading in the metro by only 6% is disastrous. Shear says Ellison's problem... The whole defund the police, and, uh, you know, there have been a lot of negative messaging about that, and... Uh, He's not been able to counter that effectively, I think. Shear says Ellison needs extraordinary turnout in the Twin Cities to overcome the huge lead that Republican challenger Schultz has in greater Minnesota. In the race for Minnesota Secretary of State, the poll showed Democratic incumbent Steve Simon leading Republican challenger Kim Crockett 47% to 41 but Shear points out... 12% undecided. And they tend to break for the challengers, so that could be quite close. Washington, D.C.-based Republican Governors Association this week brought Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds to Minnesota to campaign for Scott Jensen. We can't let Scott Jensen turn Minnesota into Reynolds, Iowa. Said New Hope Democratic Senator Ann Rass. Jensen responded. She didn't lock Iowa down like Tim Walls did in Minnesota. She was willing to tailor her policy formation to what Iowa needed. As far as I'm concerned, 
Governor Tim Reynolds has been a rock star. Governor Walls fired back Jensen. He went and was endorsed by a governor who, had I followed her policies on COVID, we would have 4,500 more dead Minnesotans. Had I followed her policy on COVID, we would have a higher unemployment rate. Governor Kim Reynolds from Iowa, a rock star. She leads the way when it comes to fighting back against inflation, pushing back against crime, and leading the way for education for our kids. So happy to be here. Great event, great turnout, great energy, great momentum. This is the team that's going to get it done. They are going to deliver for Minnesota. So make sure you get out there and elect Scott and Matt, the next governor and lieutenant governor of Minnesota. And next day in Moorhead, Governor Walls touting endorsements from 116 farmers, among them Minnesota Farmers Union President Gary Wordish. One of his top priorities has been moving Minnesota from an E-10 mandate to an E-15 mandate on biofuels within the state of Minnesota. Republican challenger Jensen warns the governor's push for California clean car standards will reduce demand for ethanol and other biofuels. And this week... If you want a safe, reliable, trusted public safety... Minnesota Professional Firefighters President Scott Vadness has that union spotlighted its endorsement of the governor at a fire station in Duluth. Walls continuing to push for $300 million without strings attached for local public safety to make their decision. If that means more firefighters, get more firefighters. If it means more police, get more police. Senator Amy Klobuchar said state funding must be, as she put it, unshackled by the Republicans. Echoing Governor Walls, who says Republican opponent Jensen torpedoed last spring's state budget deal. Jensen acknowledges... I spoke against it saying, you've already increased your general fund budget by 10%. You took the biggest dollar increase from one budget session to another in the history of Minnesota. And now you want to add another... Three to four billion dollars of spending. But Jensen says it was Walls who blew up the deal because he wanted to spend more. If you want to pass a standalone bill for $300 million to support the police, recruit police, protect the police, hire more police, no attached to anything else, that'll pass in a moment. And Jensen says the governor's focus on crime in the closing days of the campaign. What we're seeing is a certain panic on the part of Tim Walls. The governor got a very high-profile endorsement this week on radio ads running in the Twin Cities. Hi, this is Barack Obama. Minnesota, our rights and our future are on the ballot this year. That's why I'm supporting Tim Walls and Peggy Flanagan. As governor, Tim balanced the state budget while cutting taxes for the middle class. The Jensen campaign responded the governor, quote, is trying to cover his tracks with his latest endorsement, but he can't run from his failed record of inflation, out-of-control crime, and plummeting student test scores in Minnesota. Hamlin University political analyst David Schultz says those targeted ads featuring former President Obama are a smart move to try to increase turnout among Democrats' base in the metro area. Obama is popular in the metro area, but was not popular in the rest of the state. And in fact, of the 87 counties in the state, Obama won very, very few of them, only the ones really in the metro area. But Schultz contends it's questionable whether Obama's endorsement of walls will have a coattail benefit for Democratic Attorney General Keith Ellison, whom the polls show trailing Republican challenger Jim Schultz. And, Tasha, next week, by this time, we should know who is elected and who is not. Unless, of course, we end up in recount land. Thanks, Bill. Minnesota Matters is back right after this. 
Minnesota's electric cooperatives are dedicated to advancing beneficial electrification initiatives such as load control programs and electric vehicle charging incentives. These efforts help homes and businesses run more efficiently while having a lower impact on the environment, creating a win-win-win for consumers, energy providers, and the state's economy. This message is supported by the Minnesota Rural Electric Association, bringing power to the people of rural Minnesota. done the hard part. You quit smoking. Now do the easy part and get scanned for lung cancer. If you smoked, you may still be at risk, but early detection could save your life. Talk to your doctor and learn more at savedbythescan.org. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radal. The Mayo Clinic in Rochester is working on a new diabetes treatment that could be a game changer for around 8% of Minnesotans and millions of Americans. Dr. Andrew Storm joins MNN's Brent Palm. And we're going to be talking about some potential life-changing diabetic treatments that are based here in the state of Minnesota. Welcome to the show, Dr. Storm. Thanks, Brent. It's a pleasure to be with you. First off, I have to ask this. Is it just a coincidence that American Diabetes Month begins the day after Halloween? Because I have six pounds of candy in my kitchen table. You know, I don't know the answer there. The American Diabetes Association, if this was intentional, did a great job. This is, you know, right before Thanksgiving, just after the Halloween holiday. This is the right time to talk about diabetes. Hey, before we get to that new treatment, what happens during American Diabetes Month? A quarter of Americans with diabetes don't know that they have diabetes. So one out of four people walking around, you know, don't know that they have diabetes when in fact they do. And, and it's a silent killer. This is a disease process that slowly causes damage to the kidneys, the eyes, the heart, the brain. Really anything in your body with a blood vessel is damaged by high blood sugars. American Diabetes Month is all about raising awareness, bringing people to recognize some symptoms of diabetes, encouraging people, particularly adults like us, to you know see their primary care doctor and get checked out and make sure that this isn't something that's sort of flying under the radar. Okay. From what I understand, we've got uh, some new treatments, some exciting developments happening uh, down at the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. So we have a trial. This is a device that's not yet FDA approved, but is actually actively being studied. So we're in enrolling and encourage patients uh, who think they may apply, uh, that they may be candidates for the device to contact us at Mayo Clinic. But this is a device that uses endoscopic access. So we go through the mouth and introduce a catheter into the small intestine. And then we're using very small, non-damaging electrical pulses in the small intestine to reset the small intestine. And I kind of think of it like when your computer's not working and you just turn it off and turn it back on to reset things. These electrical pulses do the same thing in the small intestine. They encourage regeneration of uh, the lining of the small intestine, which is an important signaling organ uh, in diabetes and in, in control of our blood sugars. So this, this is a brand new cutting edge device invented here uh, at the Mayo Clinic by some of my colleagues and designed and manufactured here in Minnesota that uh, you know now is available to Minnesotans through this clinical trial. If you're someone who might be a candidate, what might you go through? Yeah, so it's a standard outpatient endoscopy type procedure. So if you've ever had an upper endoscopy where a doctor inserted a camera through the mouth 
down through the esophagus and into the stomach. That's the basic mechanism that this procedure takes. The goal would be that we could help people avoid, you know, the nasty needle sticks and insulin treatments if this procedure works as well as we hope. And the goal would be that, you know, with this one outpatient procedure, it takes about 30 to 45 minutes to do the procedure itself. This ablation or electrical pulses are applied to the small intestine. And then with a little bit of time, we, we like to see that hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of blood sugar over the long term, drop. And that's also what your doctor will be looking for uh, when you start any other anti-diabetic medication. Wow. So at least during these trials, it would just be one appointment. That's right. So the goal is that this is going to be something that's going to replace a lot of those daily medications and hopefully replace a lot of the daily checks that are necessary when diabetes is not well controlled. So one-time treatment and then you know, how many times over a lifetime someone would need this treatment is still to be determined. But again, the goal is that that daily, you know, multiple needle sticks pain that my patients with diabetes have to go through, that could really be avoided with something like this. So this could potentially fix what's wrong in the intestines and almost, is it fair to say, reverse diabetes? That's the goal. I mean, there's nothing that will ever replace a healthy diet and good exercise and, you know, just a healthy lifestyle. Those sorts of things will never be replaced and are always going to be important for maintaining control. But for my patients who are poorly controlled, they're maybe on multiple medications, they're having to give themselves insulin injections. This is the kind of technology that I hope will get things under better control and kind of give them a fresh start on their diabetes care. I looked at some Minnesota Department of Health statistics and it said in 2021, just about 8% of adults in Minnesota were living with the disease. Yeah. So, you know, Minnesota, uh, I think we all kind of intuit this as Minnesotans. Uh, it's a healthier state than some of the others. Um, so it's about 10% across America, but you're right, even 8%. So we all have someone right in our lives who has diabetes I'm blown away, I would say. You know, you mentioned uh, no more needle pricks, and I think uh, the news release even said uh, possibly an annual check of blood sugar instead of a daily check. Yeah, and I think a lot of those smaller details are still being being figured out. My My hope would certainly be that if we can get someone back in that normal range, hemoglobin A1C, we can take someone who was testing themselves many or multiple times a day and bring them back to just having their annual checkup with their primary care doctor, where they can say, yep, the hemoglobin A1C is still in a good range, and so you're good to go another year. And keeping a close eye on those blood sugars is important if they're out of range, but if we can, if we can get the A1C, that hemoglobin A1C, back to normal, that means that patient kind of goes back to life as it was before diabetes. Well, Dr. Storm, it sounds like some exciting developments in the battle against diabetes. We'd love to talk with you again about this because, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really does sound life-changing. It would be my pleasure. So I just encourage your listeners, if you have unexplained fatigue or blurry vision, if you're often urinating or always thirsty, you can read more about diabetes and type 2 diabetes on mayoclinic.org. But go to your local primary care doctor and just let them know that you're having these symptoms and get checked out because it's National Diabetes Month and now's the right time to figure out if you do have diabetes. It's well, thanks, Dr. Storm, for joining us at Minnesota Matters this week, and we will definitely check up with you when these trials and treatments uh, get a little further along. Thanks, Brent. My pleasure. More Minnesota Matters right after this.
Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radal. Ahead of Thanksgiving, I caught up with Paul Quisted, a turkey producer in West Central Minnesota. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you're involved in the turkey industry. Well, I'm a uh, second-generation turkey grower from Yell Medicine County. Uh, we've been raising turkeys on our farm for 52 years, and um, we raise uh, hen hen turkeys for whole bird production. Obviously, being a turkey producer, this year has had a, a few challenges, especially when avian influenza was detected in the state. How did you fare uh, this past growing season? Uh, for us on our farm, we've we've fared very well. Um, uh, we, like other producers, we've done a, a great job responding to the virus quickly and, and been able to keep it off of our, our farm. And, you know, when we um, are looking ahead, obviously a big time of year for, for the turkey industry in Minnesota, uh, when Thanksgiving's right around the corner, how has production uh, been, uh, especially with ongoing inflation and different uh, labor challenges? Uh, with production, we, we've seen effects of inflation on the farm. Um, everything uh, from our feed to our uh, the fuel we use to heat our barns has gone up, um, creating some challenges on the farm with uh, inflation. Um, and as far as the the uh, influenza too, it, it's it's affected you know some of the, the ways we we do things on the farm. Um, just being careful to keep the virus away from our turkeys. Do you think uh, consumers will notice any difference uh, when they go out to purchase a turkey this year? I don't think I don't think uh, consumers will see um, any change. Uh, there's an ample supply of turkeys um, at the grocery store um, of all sizes of, of turkey products are available. Um, I think I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised with. Uh, the availability of turkey. And do you think, um, you know, obviously Minnesota is a, a top turkey producing uh, state. Do you think the average consumer maybe knows that the turkey that's on the table could be and possibly is right here from Minnesota? I think that's possible. I, I, I think I think uh, consumers are very intelligent and, and I think consumers always want to know where their turkey comes from. And I, I think I think, you know, consumers know that uh, Minnesota is a top producing state and, and we have three great, uh, you know, companies that, that uh, buy our turkeys from farmers. And, and uh, yeah, I think, I think they know where it comes from. And do the majority of the turkeys that we produce here in the state, do they stay in the state or uh, do you export your product as well? Um all it goes all over the world you know throughout the state and throughout the United States and the world is, is exported all right and you know heading into 2023 anything that's going to be on turkey growers radar over the next year well I think I think um, I think inflation is is going to be on our mind or it is on mine anyways um, and trying to get that under control as as you know as a farmer and and I think I think that'll be uh, foremost on our mind in the upcoming year. And have you been facing any labor shortages within your industry? Yes, within the industry there is labor shortages. Um, 
on all levels of the turkey growing industry. Um, for us on our farm, um, we're a family farm. We do not hire any employees. So for us, it's uh, it's been stable. Well, those are some of the key questions that I had today. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, well, maybe one thing is just to, to shop early for your turkey and, and enjoy enjoy your turkey and, and know that it was uh, possibly grown right here in Minnesota. All right, well, we'll help show, uh, spread the word, Paul, and I just thank you so much for your time. Yep, thanks, Tasha. We'll be back with more Minnesota Matters right after this. When they're afraid of eviction, but not of hard work, they keep it going. When cupboards are empty, but wish lists are full, they keep it going. Through heavy eyes and tired hands, through darkness and cold, they keep it going. Faced with decisions between paying monthly bills and buying Christmas gifts, they somehow keep it going. When the only abundance they know is the love in their heart, they keep it going. Your monthly donations through the pandemic have helped rescue Christmas for families in need. But now more than ever, we need your help to keep it going. When you give $25 a month, you help families stay in their homes. Thanks to you, hope marches on. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Golden Gopher wide receiver Chris Ottman-Bell suffered a season-ending injury earlier this season and has tackled the rehabilitation full steam ahead. He has stayed with the team and is focused on being a good teammate as the season continues. Eminem Sports Director Mike Grimm spoke with Ottman-Bell about how helping others has ended up helping himself. I love serving and giving. Um, that's kind of been something I did before I even got here. And just being here in this program kind of helped me even you know, explore more and, and be more open to it. So um, it's just something I've always been about. I love like just putting myself in others, giving myself to others. It was a while ago. Uh, it's, I kind of want to get kind of deep here. But um, 2019, um, I was very depressed, very out of it, very suicidal. And I vowed and told myself that, like, hey, like since – Obviously, since you don't believe in yourself or this and that, how about we put yourself in others and just give yourself to others? So that's when a bunch of my community service started to come in. So I started to have, to have like a, a huge flow back in life because I, I gave myself to others and it's always bigger than me. I've always, I will always think that like it's others in this world that go through more and go through worse. Um, it's just things like that, man. I just love being able to give to others, serve to others, um, be there for others, just love others and care for others and just be that type of guy. So it's just, I've, I've always been a big thing for, for serving and giving and giving it to others. Like uh, I have a I have a bobblehead coming out and one of my bobbleheads, I'm, um, whatever, whatever I make off of it, I'm giving to, to cerebral palsy. Um, my little sister has cerebral palsy, so I just want to give it to one, one, one foundation for cerebral palsy and um, just anything I can do to make anything better for any situation, anyone who's going through anything and whatever someone needs, I guess it's something I've, I've always been about is helping others. So, In this case, you helping others ended up helping yourself, then, yeah, it sounds like, exactly. right? Exactly. I mean, 100%. At the end of the day. And, um, and mental health, as, as we talk about this, um, you know, it's such a, a huge topic, and I know uh, – the athletic department, at least, is in yeah. the Big Ten. Even has gone into really 
committing resources mm-hmm. to that. Have you noticed to that around oh, here? And definitely, just, man. It, you know, it's just a whole different thing. What maybe even from ten years ago? Yeah. Uh, the there was a stigma like if you were a man, you know, hey, well, you're weak or whatever. Yep. Well, it's okay. Like yeah. everyone uh, at some point is going to need help, yeah. and uh, I think the point now is if you think you need help. Don't be ashamed to go yeah. find ways to help, right? Yeah, for the people, I guess, who are listening to this, uh, is you're a way stronger man or woman um, or whatever you are. You're, you're completely stronger if you just open up and, and tell everyone, you know? Um, I learned that out because we all grew up. I'm sure even back when you were when you were a kid, or it's always like to rub some dirt on it or grow up. Like, you're no a man. Doubt. Like, be a man. Be tough. Don't cry about it. Like, boys, don't cry, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like it's open. It's okay to it's okay to cry. It's okay to have feelings. Like you're a human. Like you know, it's okay to have these emotions and, and these feelings. So, um, I've, I've always been a big thing, big guy for mental health, especially especially when I was going through these things. Because that's where I'm at now. It's ten times a hundred. Wait, not even ten times. A hundred times better than what it was. Like I've realized what life is. Um, and mental health is a huge thing. You got to have a great mind and great mindset to, to live this life. You can't be in a funk or, or you can't be depressed or down bad, you know, to, to go through life. So um, mental health is something that I push for. Definitely. Um, I've talked to Dr. Carly multiple times. I have many more appointments coming up just to help, you know, clear the mind and clear my chest off. So um, it's just something that I always per, uh, root for, always just talk about because mental health is uh, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. Um, I always push for it. It's something that's very, very needed in this world. And people that, that are going through things, they got to understand, like, it's okay to open up and let those things out, man, because that's, that's the, that's who the, the truest, stronger people are. With what you're going through now with the injury and missing the season, um, more challenges in that yeah. regard. So how how have you been able to navigate through that? And, and um, I don't know if embrace it is the right word, yeah. but attack it yeah um it was actually once i found out i i, I knew i tore it since i once i grabbed my knee but once i they actually gave me the news like all right crap like you're done like we're sorry i got my last tears out um and i looked at flag i looked at my trainers i said all right let's go to work like it's nothing else i can do now i accepted it i accepted it i can't go back and change it and there's no way in time there's no way in life that you can go back and back you can't go like backwards in time you can only move forward so um, I just knew what a time it was. It's time to just go to work, just rehab it each and every day, and uh, just keep going, man. You can you can never go back. You just got to keep pushing. Like I accepted it, what what had happened, um, and it's time to move forward. And then uh, for right now, what I'm going through, I just keep uh, all my faith in God. I just keep moving forward. I pray every day, every night. I meditate. Uh, I read books, like I said, and I just find things and hobbies to you know clear my mind. So. Um, it's it's definitely a challenge, especially with treatment, bending it, and doing all these things, getting back. But uh, I'm just I'm just happy to be able to be alive each and every day, man. That's the one thing I it's the one thing I talk talk about with uh Coach Brick. Um, every time I see him, man, I just like hey, he gave us another another day to be alive. Yeah. You know, it's another day to keep walking. Like I'm breathing right now, so that's all. I, that's why I'm happy to I'm happy enough to be able to breathe. You know, so. Right. No matter what, man, no matter how hard life gets, no matter what I'm going through, it can always be worse. Someone's always going through worse. Um, I'm not homeless. I'm not starving. I'm not uh, battling um, certain diseases or certain things that can kill you. Like, I'm, I just have a, a bum knee, and I'll be back very soon. I, I just got to rehab and get back to it. So that's something that I've always realized and thought about is keep my faith in God, keep mush- keep pushing, and just keep rowing the boat, as people would say. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That's Gopher football player Chris Ottman-Bell with MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm talking about his journey to happiness. Ottman-Bell has an additional year of eligibility 
and is likely to play with the Gophers next season. You can hear the entire interview by finding the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm from wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Minnesota Matters. Be sure to join us again next week on this MNN affiliate station. Same time, same place. I hope you have an awesome week. Stay well.